Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. Hello, I'm Julian Sadowski. I'm a podiatrist working for NCHC in TV North. Julian, tell me, when and how did you get started in the NHS? Well, 1966, I was uh, 17 and a half. I decided I would pursue a state registration course in chiropody, as it was called then, because my father was a chiropodist since 1948. I was just encouraged to do it, really. And I got on the course and after a few months, I decided, you know, I really like this. I'm going to stick at this. When I qualified, I was only in my 20s and I had to be 21 to be fully state registered. I had I had to be an associate for about six months. I think that was the rule at the time. I enjoyed treating the patients and helping them, really. And I think that's what my career has really been all about, helping people with their foot problems and their gait, you know, keep them walking. And at that time in the National Health Service, we were a little bit on our own, the chiropody schools and the chiropodists themselves. We weren't really located in the full National Health Service at that time. But we had links with all the hospitals in London from the foot hospital, I remember. And I really enjoyed going to their sessions. We'd sit in with consultants in diabetes, orthopaedics. They were really interesting. I got to see the National Health Hospitals as they were at that time, like the Middlesex, University College Hospital, Hampstead Hospital. And it was very interesting to see how they were run at that time. because you got the impression it was post-war, even in 69. There were an awful lot of um, tiled areas, long corridors, which seemed a bit bare and barren. But the staff were lovely, even at that time. And, of course, all the records were kept on these trolleys, huge numbers of buff folders, you know. It was all run like that. It was no system one or anything like that. Um, And we had the same thing in our foot hospital clinics. You know, we'd see probably three patients in the morning, three patients in the afternoon, and we'd be supervised whilst we were learning, of course, over three years. And all the notes were like, like that. In those days, everything was face-to-face. You couldn't get away from it. So I think at that time, for doing that three years, the National Health Service didn't really change a lot. When I got out to um, the community-based service, because I came to Norfolk from London, I was living in London at that time, um, there wasn't really a chiropody service. There was just one full-time person working for the local health authority. It was all run by the local health authority in the community, but there were hospital-based sessions. And my first job was with West Norwich Hospital under Dr. BT, the then consultant geriatrician. Uh, I was interviewed for that together with my wife because we trained together at the London Hospital. And we were just doing ward rounds. I mean, there was no clinic. The patients were in bed or perhaps sitting up somewhere and we'd have to treat them in those places, which wasn't very good for our backs. That was a bit of a downside. I'm sure I'm suffering my back now because of that. But also, there, you know, we didn't have really space to keep things. We had to just use the lock cupboard at the end of the ward. We were all under the ward sister. Whatever we did, we had to consult her first. Um, and of course, the nurses would help us where possible. I used to go out to Whitlingham Hospital, of course, geriatrics there, and Wicklewood Hospital, 
which of course are now just housing. Then I was able to get a post at the North Norwich Hospital, again with my wife. The clinic itself at that time was up a lift shaft in the old hospital. And uh, uh, all right, the equipment was quite good, but it, it was a bit archaic, I felt. But a few la- years later, as you know, um, the A&E was changed. We had that modern building at the back and the equipment was marvellous there. Uh, 72, I think, I can't remember exactly. And we used to see a combination of orthopaedics, rheumatology and uh, diabetic patients. But unfortunately, it was quite a limited number of patients. 1974 saw a revision of the health service. The clinics were amalgamated and they were scattered about. Unfortunately, those clinics, again, weren't really in uh, health centres. Some of them were. As we got towards the 80s, about 1982, we got better equipment, cryotherapy, nail surgery was introduced into the clinics. There was nothing like that really. Not until 1977-78 did we see nail surgery because... I don't know whether you know this, but local analgesia wasn't allowed for podiatrists, POMs as we call them, until 1974-75. We were training for that. So that opened our scope of practice more. And also biomechanics came on the scene where we are trying to improve gait in patients. It's very important in the clinics now. And we began to look at things more holistically, I think, as well in the 80s, certainly 90s. You probably don't know this, but up until about 1988, we were all paid on a Whitley scale. And Whitley would only pay chiropodists, podiatrists uh, a sessional rate. So you would do a session, you get that pay. You get no pensionable pay, get no sick pay. So in that way, things improved a lot with Mr. Beach because we had pro rata pay introduced alongside full-time podiatrists. It wasn't until 2001 that part-time podiatrists were allowed to uh, to build up the NHS pension, which was unfortunate, really, because it's made me continue for longer. That's why I'm here at 74. (laughs) But um, the career's changed quite a lot, but the patients haven't changed. That's the thing I've noticed. The patients' demands perhaps have increased because they're more aware of what they can and can't get. And that's a good thing because, you know, it improves the health status. You know, if we can keep patients walking in later life, that's so important for their general health. I mean, ever since chiropody started back in the 20s and 30s, you know, it's footwear that's been a a main issue. But obviously, the general health problems that affect the feet have also come to the fore more uh, over the years, you know. And that's why we have these sessions with consultants during our training, which has become a degree course now. During the 90s, I decided I would do a a top-up degree because it was offered to us. And I went down to Brighton University and uh, did two years top-up degree there and got a, a BSc. And then I was encouraged to do a Master of Science, which took me another five years part-time. But I really enjoyed it. So, I, I mean, I would say during my career, I've been quite interested in uh, the surgical applications, particularly skin surgery and nail surgery. I do quite a lot of nail surgery clinics for the Trust, and we are now doing some for the Norfolk Norwich Hospital, paediatric nail surgery again. But when I think back, 
uh, when we started out in those old clinics, which were quite often held in church halls because we didn't have health centres. GPs were they had their own facilities and you'd have to pay them to use them, you know. It wasn't a health centre, it was just a GP surgeon. They wouldn't have the rooms, you see. So we had to find them elsewhere. And uh, it wasn't very satisfactory, not from the hygiene point of view. Of course, during COVID-19, we became much more aware of infection control. And of course, infection control back in those days was very difficult. We didn't have autoclaves. We didn't start getting autoclave clinics till mid-80s, really. And we had sort of the benchtop autoclaves that we used. And then we've gone on to CSSD. They just turn our instruments around after each patient. But in the older days, of course, we were just using Dettol in spirit, those sorts of things to clean instruments. We might use sterile blades if we got them. But, you know, it was very difficult with some some treatments. I remember at London Foot Hospital, it was the same. We didn't really have autoclaves. We might have the uh, the boiling uh, autoclave, you know, where you just boil instruments, but we know they don't kill spores as steam does. So, you know, things have moved on a lot. They really have, and treatments have moved on a lot. You know, we've got a lot better dressings than we used to have. And of course, the, the idea of using sterile packs, you see, that wasn't a, really thought about so much in the 60s and 70s. Perhaps early 70s, it was beginning. Those things have been a real plus. You know, the clinic environments have improved no end. When I come to thinking about employment, I would say conditions of service have been better uh, since 2000. And the hours have improved. And of course, you've got the flexibility, which we never had. If you did a session, you were expected to be there for three hours and or four hours, whatever it might be, time to time, and that's it. You know, but now, of course, you're still expected to be in the clinic, but you can flexible your work if you want to. I must say, it probably is looking after the patients that keeps me here. You know, you're dealing with patients that want something from you, and it's up to you to find out what that is. And just getting to know them is marvellous. Over the years, I've seen so many nice people. You know, it's actually caring for them, which is so important. But also the interest in what we do, certainly we're trying to encourage the public to realise that their feet are connected to their body. Because when I started out, oh, that's a toe, it's not part of me. You know, that foot is not part of me. And how do you think like that? You know, but people do because they're hidden in their shoes. They're less aware of a part that's hidden. They don't care for it in the same way. And you've got to sort of educate them. Oh, that's another thing about the profession. I think it's been education, education all the time. You can feel a bit isolated as a clinician, you know, because you're seeing your own group of patients. Particularly when I started, it was very isolationist, you know. A chiropodist down the road, you know, he's based in the clinic, a church hall sort of thing. Just, just once a month sort of thing. You, it didn't seem as if you were part of the community. Now, I think there's been much more integration, certainly NCHNC, amongst other professions. I think um, looking at the loop today, there's so much on there. We had none of that, you know, up until, well, as I say, the 2000s. A system one really changed everything when that was introduced here. You know, you think about your clinical picture more and how it affects not just you, 
obviously the patient with their other specialties they might be attending uh, and you think about referrals more you know whereas certainly back in the 80s and 90s we weren't doing that so much it sounds like you embraced the new technology because obviously having gone from all of those sort of buff folders like you mentioned did did you find it difficult and did your colleagues find it difficult to move from written notes to system one uh, yeah it was a challenge it was a challenge because we're all used to writing I think you felt a bit separated from your own bit of notation you know it's just on a all right you can access it if you've got your card and that but it's it's locked away somehow we had filing cabinets in the clinics but that's why we had to be more clinic based rather than just going out and wandering about doing domiciliaries you know it had to be integrated more with a, a management filing system uh, and that posed a few problems because they used to get lost sometimes and you wouldn't find them sometimes for for the session, you know. So System 1 really upgraded it. On the whole, it's marvellous. Was there a focus, as there is now, on confidentiality and data protection, information governance and all that kind of thing? What with those notes being held so, so sort of informally, as it were? Mm. No, really. You, when you reflect on that, there were lots of holes in the system uh, where you could have a breach. You know, these days it's less likely it still happens, of course, we know. But uh, yeah, there wasn't. The tra That's another thing I ought to raise, the mandatory training, you see. Certainly up until 90, something like that, 1990, we didn't have training modules as we get now of course let's face it system one the electronic system lends itself to that and the zoom meetings and so forth but you know if you wanted to do any extra training which i did you had to pay for them you had to do them in your own time the nhs didn't really pay for any extra training they expected you to keep it up and your state registration at that time which became hcpc registration latterly had to be kept up by yourself. Uh, it was all independent, yes. And I remember some people didn't bother. These are the holes in the system, aren't they? Mm -hmm. When I first came to Norwich, we had a branch of our Coropody Society, and one or two of them would have worked during the war for nothing at the hospital. They would do sessions at the North Norwich Hospital for nothing. It wasn't until after the war that the Whitley rate was introduced and people had to be employed, obviously, for insurance reasons and so forth. But we used to have meetings with these people who had that experience, and uh, it was fascinating to hear their stories. We used to have lots of speakers. We'd have surgeons, consultants come in and give us an hour's talk, you know, and that way we would update our skills. But I must admit, the mandatory training that we do for NG agency is very, very helpful. You never used to think in that way. You see, that's the thing. You didn't think in the way we think now. I think that's another thing that's changed in the NHS. We think differently. And of course, that's good. But we perhaps lost a little bit, maybe the compassion for staff and patients sometimes because of all the bureaucracy that's crept in. Now, bureaucracy is not a bad thing where it protects, of course, but it can intrude and it can make people less cooperative sometimes it it's both sides isn't it <laughs> it is it is and i wonder as well whether it's to do with the amount of patients that we're seeing these days you know because of like you were saying there's that proactive 
um, prevention that we're doing much more of now rather than just the reactive care mm. that, that that has automatically increased the number of patients that we're seeing so therefore mm. you don't have as much time to spend because you know you're conscious you've got to get on to the next one do you think that's a factor as well oh of course it's a factor i mean during covid which was an interesting period we were allowed 45 minute slots now 45 minutes would allow you to do a zoom with the patient rather than going to see them at other times we've been down to 30 minute slots for patients and quite often that isn't long enough with all the extra work on the computer i must say i prefer the system one system i know what i'm doing when i get to a clinic I switch on it's all there i know what i can i know where i can find things you know i know how i can use it and that's actually it's a focus you know which you didn't have before you might go to a clinic think oh i've got all this pile of records um what am i going to do next sort of thing whereas with system one you switch it on you know what you're doing straight away the list of patients there you can look through them you can decide what's an issue with them or not what your treatment plan is so forth when i started out working as a youngster i did a lot of domiciliary work and i know that i hurt my back doing it and i always warn young podiatrists now when i meet them say look don't do a lot of domiciliary work <laughs> well that was going to be my question did you do is that different to when you first started out that there was more sort of domiciliary or community-based activity or less a lot of community-based domiciliary I tell you what, the only thing that really was looked at as being important, perhaps in clinicians' mind, I'm talking about orthopaedic surgeons, diabetologists, rheumatologists, was hospital-based chiropody, as it was termed then. Our London Foot Hospital and the Chelsea Foot Hospital and the other foot hospitals up and down the country, there are about eight, seven, seven or eight of them, they were all recognised as being specialists in foot care and they would refer patients there. But in the community, if you were just doing domiciliaries in a community clinic, there wasn't that recognition by the medical profession. And you, you know, you would find there was a gap. You couldn't refer a patient to a consultant. You know, they wouldn't really take you seriously sometimes. Whereas today, there is a much more serious attitude about foot health, I found, amongst GPs and, and, and uh, medics. Real change as far as chiropodists and podiatrists are concerned, I think. Have you seen a lot of change in our communities since you moved to Norfolk from London in that time to now? Is there a big difference in terms of health inequalities, in terms of the groups of people that you see? When I started in Norfolk, I remember going to a patient. They were in a farm cottage and I got there on a domiciliary and I said, oh, how are you? And I walked into this room and it was so dark. I said, look, could we have some light, please? You know, she said, we haven't got any. So I thought, here we are, we're in Norfolk in 1969, 1970, and people haven't got lighting and probably haven't got heating either. And, and you know, you did discover this sometimes. So there was a disparity. There was definitely a difference between London um, living and, and, and living in the county here. I'm not saying Norwich so much. Because in Norwich, you know, we had a very big shoe industry and we'd been around their factories to see how they made shoes. That all disappeared quite quickly in the 70s, which was very sad because they uh, they employed a lot of people. 
some of the people at that time, like Macintosh's, John Lewis, uh, Marks and Spencer, were employing chiropodists to look after their staff. That's all disappeared. What would you say to anyone coming up who's about to start their journey in a career in the NHS? Well, never give up. You'll enjoy every minute of it when you reflect on it. I, the one thing you will enjoy most is colleagues and people you meet, particularly your patients and looking after them. And the other thing you'll enjoy is helping them and, and seeing them improve. But, you know, I have enjoyed it all. Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with NCHC. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes. You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.